0: Uh, I just want to bring to you uh, a message, and it's not going to be long, long, but I want to share with you what God has definitely laid on my heart, and uh, being in the ministry and being a part of the church and working uh, here at Bethel with our children, a lot of times personally in my life, I still get so caught up in being part of the ministry that I forget that I'm supposed to be a minister. and so I just want to ask you a question, as you can see, what is the Christian life? It's on. What is the Christian life? There are so many things in our life that we can make number one. You know if, with making things number one, we ask ourselves the question, who am I meant to be? What am I supposed to do with my life? Who will I be and what will I become? And for some of us is now that we get as we get older, you know you can look back and you say, Throughout my life, have I been who I wanted to be? When I was younger and I made goals and I set goals, have I become what I was supposed to be? You know, and there are also a lot of things in our life that if we allow it to be, that's all our life can be about. And just to name a few is, you know, it can be about money. We can have everything that we can do to make enough money to be supportive of our family. We can have enough money and make enough money to put it into a retirement fund. But I want to bring just close attention to your mind today that the economy is pretty bad. And no matter how much money that we seem to be able to gather up, it can someday become as if it is nothing. And if it's not about money, sometimes it can become about our health. We can be on the right diet plan. We can have the right vitamins. We can do the right things, the right exercise. But may I remind you that once again, normal healthy people all the time are diagnosed with cancer. Healthy people are diagnosed with all kinds of diseases. Our life cannot be wrapped up and found inside of our health. It could be found in family and friends. I have a lot of people that I know that if you ask anything, what is your life all about? Well, I want to be the best friend that I can be. I want to be the best leader in my family that I can be. Can I just remind you that sometimes it is our family members that are ones that cut us the deepest. And sometimes it's our friends that when we need them the most, they're not there. And in Proverbs, God talks about how we're not supposed to trust in beasts. We're not supposed to trust in princes because they do nothing but let us down. We're called to trust in him. And along with that trust, we can also put all the trust we have into our career. But let me remind you once again that every day people lose their jobs. Church, we cannot place... Our life here on earth, we cannot put the hope of our life into earthly treasures. We cannot put what God has given us for a very short time here on earth into things that we can touch and feel and see. And although these are all important things that make up a life, it is important to be a good leader in our family. It is important to make enough money to cover the bills. It is important to be a good friend and to be a strong family member. It is important to take care of our bodies. But that is not what life is about. I would love to share with, share with you in God's word today. And then I hope that as through this message, we understand that we were created, whether we know it or not, to have a calling by God himself. God has a purpose for our life. God has molded us and made us. And just like that song that our brother and sister just sang for us. We are the clay. And he is the potter. And in him making us, I would have to say that a designer would not take the time to make a creation unless he had intentions for that creation. Amen? So, knowing that a designer wouldn't take time to make all of those things, a designer wouldn't put forth his effort unless he had intentions for the creation. I have to believe that, because I don't believe in theory of evolution, that I came from something just through a evolution or evolved from something else I know that I have a maker that created me and made me and formed me I also have to believe that you have a creator that made you and formed you and he does have plans and he does have intentions for you so we must as Christians decide to make it an outspoken daily effort to serve the one who made us because we did not evolve because we were not just a hope in the dark because we were made, we have to make it in intentions, our intentions clear to serve our maker. So, if you would turn with me in the Word this morning, Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. I want to share with you and show that this is not just something that I came with my own, but I want to show you that God's intentions for us is not for us to live in the moment. He does not just want us to live to get by, He does not just want us to have a life here and do the best we can. No, as children of God, as sons and daughters of a living God, He intends so much more for us. So if you read with me, Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, 20, it says this, For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself by Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. Church, God, I truly believe, wants us to have an amazing, wonderful, beautiful life. I believe without a doubt that He wants us to have that. But I also believe that because He wants us to have that kind of life, He also intends us intends on us to have that life through His purpose. To have a wonderful life that is not based upon things that you and I can do, Is not based on things that you and I can store up. That kind of beautiful life comes from allowing our purpose to be formed from His. So in this word this morning, it says, For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell. Church, can I tell you this morning that God created you to have eternal purpose? God created you, the word says that for it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. The Word makes clear this morning that God, His whole purpose, His whole intention, His whole plan of creating you was so that you could dwell in His presence. He didn't make you to be born, to live a good life and then to die and be over. He formed and made you so that you could be born again in His Son, to have an awesome, on-fire life with Him. And on this road of revival that we're heading down, and I know that we are, by the spirit filled in the room, by the smile on everybody's faces, by the encouragement that we receive and give, on this road to revival, we must understand that there are some key things that God wants us to take seriously. And in his word it says, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Well, God, if his intentions are for us to dwell in his presence, how does that happen? How does that happen? How do we make that an effort? Well, through his word, in verse 20, it says, By him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether of things on earth or in heaven, he has made peace through the blood of his cross. The Bible tells us that we don't have to make an effort to make this relationship possible. He's already made that step. He's already made it an open venture for you and I to say yes, to accept his blood and to accept that relationship. But in any relationship, and I don't have to share with you or explain to you, you know that each and every relationship that we have here on earth, it takes work. So just in the same, it takes work with our Heavenly Father. And through that work, Jesus has given us in His Word, God has given us in His Word, just a couple of examples of how we're supposed to dwell in the presence of God. As a child of God, He wants you to dwell in His presence. So just a couple of ways that I know through His Word simply comes from 2 Timothy 2.15. The Bible explains to us that through the studying of his word, it says to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. To dwell in God's presence, you have to dwell in his word. You have to make it an outspoken and outdriven part of your life to make it a daily effort to get in his word. Church, we have so many questions about why or what should I do or how should I do this We We run to ask our pastor. or We run to ask our Sunday school teacher. And they are leaders for us. And we're supposed to ask them and trust in them. But God has given you answers to a lot of things that we ask questions about. Who are we supposed to be? What are we supposed to become? What does Jesus want with me? He wants us to study his word. And not just to study it. But the word says to study thyself approved. To study to show thyself approved. God wants you to know His Word. He wants you to know what He expects. Just a second way that we can dwell in the presence of God is simply that in His Word, and as we read His Word, we understand that God not only sent His Son Jesus to be our salvation, but God sent His Son Jesus to make it a possibility for us to have that relationship. And as Jesus said, I must go, but I will leave with you a comforter. That comforter He was talking about is the Holy Spirit. God has made it possible for you and I to be able to even talk to God. Now, I know that a lot of you know it, but I'll just repeat it, is that at one point, man could not have that open relationship. You had to be of a certain lineage. You had to be of a certain priesthood. You had to live a certain way. You had to be a certain person just to be able to go into the Holy of Holies. But Jesus Christ, coming and dying on the cross for you and I, has made it an open opportunity for us to have a relationship. And as it is explained in the word 1st Thessalonians 5:17, pray without ceasing. He's giving you an opportunity to talk to him. And also, as we talk about this studying the word and as we talk about this praying, we also understand that we are called as Christians to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together in God's house. And that comes friends from Hebrews 10:25. In studying his word, in praying to him through the Holy Spirit and also through joining together here in God's house are three simple ways that he intended on you and I being able to dwell in his presence. And as we understand that we're called to dwell in his presence, that's our purpose. That's the whole reason of Jesus coming and dying. That's the whole reason of a Savior having to be shed, his blood having to be shed on the cross for you and I, is so that we could come into his presence. And that once we're in his presence, as individuals, and this is an individual message, it's not a church message this morning, every single one of us in this room, as we daily dig into his word, as we daily share the time of talking with our Father, and as we weekly or twice a week spend time coming here to church and uplifting one another, how about using our cell phones that, or our house phones that we call all the time on? Or we text, everybody that has Facebook or email, all the opportunities that we have to uplift one another. These are all simple ways that God wants us to use, to dwell in His presence. But once we understand that, you know, God did all these things, we have to also ask ourselves where is our passion? What is our life about? Who are we made to be? And how should we get there? In God's Word, the Bible says. That and by him to reconcile all things to himself. Check this out. By him. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of the cross. Of his cross. The Bible teaches us that Jesus did everything that was possible for him to do to make it possible for you and I to have a relationship. He left his heavenly home. He came to this earthly world. He lived in the life that You know, it's just nasty and filthy to think about the Son of God walking among men. He died a death that He didn't have to die, and He rose out of a grave that He didn't have to rise up out of. But He did all those things for you and I. And for God to do those things through His Son Jesus, and to Jesus, for Him to say, not my will, Father, but yours be done. For Him to say those things, I understand that He had to be passionate about that. About the days that He had to wake up, And lead 12 stinky fishermen, tax collectors, that he had to surround himself around with people that they didn't even understand what he was doing. But the time and the effort that he gave, I understand that laziness, for me, if I'm passionate about it, that can become my passion. I can lay on the couch all day. I can do it passionately. I can watch TV all day. I can do it passionately. And I can eat all I want. And I can do it passionately. Even being lazy can be a passion. Church, individuals, where's our passion? If we could label it up in one sentence, what do we do all day, every day? Are we encouraging? Are we uplifting? Do we drag others down? Do we talk about one another? Are we always trying to call somebody and you know tell them that I'm praying for you? Are we at school or as students, are we there to not only just get a degree, are we there to be encouragers and examples to our friends? In the workforce and in where we are in our work life, but you don't go there just to get your paycheck? Or are you there to be a, a holy example? Where is your passion? I understand that it took a lot of passion for Jesus to come and die for Alan James. Because Alan is not a perfect saint. Because Alan messes up every single day. I understand for Jesus to decide that he wants to die for me. That he had to be passionate about it. I understand because of God's word that he didn't do anything halfway. So if Jesus, the son of God, coming to a filthy earth like ours. And staying around stinky fishermen and tax collectors. Liars and thieves. Healing people that just came to see what was going on because they knew that he could do it. He was passionate about what he was here for. And the word shares with us that even at age 12, Jesus was in the house of God. And when his mother came and asked him, and she says, do you not know we've been looking for you? We've searched all over. And he says, mother, did you not know that I was about my father's business? He was passionate. He did nothing halfway. And just some of the things that Jesus gave, he expressed love. He expressed compassion. He expressed teaching. He gave his time. He had a consistent lifestyle every day. It was get up, do what his father did, what father wanted him to do, and he did it all out. And then when he went to bed that night, he knew that there was nothing else he could have given. He gave guidance to his disciples. He gave direction to the Pharisees where they should be in their life. And God gave all of these things. <laughs> Does he not expect the same thing from us? Does he not want us to be loving, towards others? Does he not want us to be compassionate towards those around us? Does he not want us to take the time to teach our children? Does he not want us to take the time to teach our teenagers? Does he not want us to take the time to teach our college age students? Does he not want us to take the time to teach young adults and young couples? Does he not want us to take the time to teach the adults? Does he not want us to take the time to be compassionate towards those in our community that don't have what we have. And I'm not talking about physical, I'm talking about spiritual. And when I believe that when Jesus said, to the least of these, you did it unto me, well, I tell you, all around our community, there are a lot of least of these. They don't have the fire that you and I have. They don't have the love that you and I have. They don't have the peace that Jesus has given you and I. Does God not expect us to take simply the time Does He not expect us to take the time to read His Word? Does He not expect us to take the time to talk to Him and communicate with Him? Does He not expect us to take the time to come on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, even a little bit out of the week sometimes, just to get together and to pray, do Bible studies? Do you not think that He would expect that from His Son and not expect that from us? Do you not think that God expects us to live a consistent lifestyle? I caught a lot of flack this morning from everybody my age about wearing a suit and high. And you know when they're kind of wrong. Does God not expect us, and I'm not talking about physical here, but does he expect us to dress up on Sunday and then the rest of the week live just how we want to? Is that what he wants? Does God not expect us to be gods to others by our words, by our actions, simply even by our thoughts? Does he not expect us to give others direction? I want to just ask you and to tell you, one, do you think God would expect anything from His Son? His one and only Son that would come and die and give Himself for us so that you and I can do things halfway. Is it acceptable to do things halfway? Are these not things that God also expects from us? And in His Word... I have to understand that Christ did everything possible for my salvation. Christ did everything possible for your salvation. The doubts that filled his mind. If I die for them, they're still not going to love me. But he did it anyways. If I give time for them and effort for them, they're not going to appreciate me. And sometimes we don't, but he still did. If I give everything that I have, everything that I have to offer... If I give it to them, are they going to serve me with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, all their strength? Are they going to do that? Probably not. But I'm going to still do it anyways. God did everything through his son Jesus possible to make it available for you and I. So that's the word this morning, available. Have you made yourself available for the use of God? Does your life represent something that's available for him to use? And I'm glad we got our young kids in here because we do Christians in Action on Wednesday. We do Crunch Time. And they share with me over and over again different ways that they can be examples to their friends. The ways that they can care for others. The way that they can go and do and be. The arms and the legs and the feet of Christ. If our children can understand that, can we not understand that too? You and I are called to be in the hands of Jesus. And it is not acceptable, church, for us to do it halfway. And I don't want you to think I'm, I'm up here trying to bring this down because I'm not. But this is something that's really been on my heart lately. <laughs> because Jesus came and he done all of these things for me. And he loves me and he cares for me. And he cares for you too. And he loves you too. Church. Where's your passion? Way in the beginning, before even you and I ever existed, it was the same part that Cain and Abel, when Abel came and he gave a sacrifice to God and then Cain came and gave his to God, it was that same spot in Abel's heart where he realized that he had to give what God asked for. It's that same place that Noah, in God's Word, when he was called to come forth and build an ark and they had never even seen a flood happen before it was that place in his heart where God placed there in Noah's life to give everything it is the same place that his twelve men were called up out of their jobs out of their workplaces out of everything that they've only ever known and they decided to follow Jesus a complete stranger I like to call that place the God spot. In church, we talked a while ago about the money. We talked about the health. We talked about the friends and family. We talked about the career. All those things are things that you and I strive for here on earth. And I agree with that. But if that's all our life is about, if that's our purpose, if that's our passion, then God wasted his time on designing you and I. But if we understand that God gave everything possible through his son, Jesus, passionately, he did those things for you and I, then church, I have to believe that I'm also called to do those things passionately. So as we are on the verge of revival, and I hope that this message in no way brought you down off of where we're heading, but I do hope that we understand that God deserves our passion. And I'm saying all these things about myself too. Church, we know our purpose. We know that we are called to dwell in God's presence. Now where's our passion? Where's our passion? You know it seems kind of short? I only had 25 minutes and it's already gone. I want you to know personally that I love you and I appreciate you, the church family. I know that God has big things in store in the next couple of weeks and months and hopefully years. And I thought I was going to kind of be cheesy up here because I had to because of what I said to do this morning. But we have a great pastor church. We have a great evening. We have a wonderful set of Sunday school teachers. We have a wonderful But when we truly plug in together as a church and our passions come together for one purpose and that is to share the love of God this We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. The wrong ability comes up if you can get the invitation. The church, we know our purpose
1: That God is doing the work way right out here. You know,